Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Eri. And today the oddity that I'm feeling like is a taxidermied turtle turned into an ashtray. Uh. <laughs> like in the okay. shell. Okay, well. How about you, Serafina? Um, I mean, I guess I'm feeling a little bit better than that, but I'm definitely feeling like a bunch of like old glass medical syringes. Okay, yeah. It's just been like a week of like weird medical stuff for me. And like I'm just feeling like, you know, some like weird reusable medical stuff that like hasn't really gotten that much better, but like (laughs) there's been some progress, I guess. So how's your week been? I heard you went to a reptile expo. How'd that go? Yeah, so first off, I do want to talk about the night before because um, shenanigans did ensue. I got to hang out with my girlfriend um, and her husband, and um, we drank a lot. Like, I have not drank that much in a very long, long time, and uh, I slept on a bathroom floor. That's the type <laughs> of that's the type of drinking. Uh, and then the following morning, we started the day with some Waffle House, you know, because that's the perfect uh, after-drinking meal. And then we went to the Reptile Expo, and I was very excited, because the whole point of us going was so that Heather could get some food for her snake, because she has a snake named Hera, Mm. and so that I could look for um, tarantulas and see if I could find what I was looking for. And I know originally I had said I wanted a Mexican red knee. Mm -hmm. They are uh, one of the most recommended first-time beginner species One of the other most recommended beginner species are called the Brazilian Blacks, and they are very hard to find. Um, They're fairly rare. I didn't expect to find one, and I did indeed find one. So while we're there, um, there was a three-inch confirmed female Brazilian Black tarantula that I did end up getting. I've named her Elvira. Um, The confirmed female part is a big deal because male... Brazilian black tarantulas live about 7 to 10 years. Uh, Females live like 30 to 40, and the guy was saying it's like actually unconfirmed how long they live, but they live significantly longer, so you're gonna pay big money for the the ladies. So, uh, she was confirmed female, and then I got a free sling, uh, baby Brazilian blue. So, slings are when they're like really tiny, like baby baby spiders, like he can't even hunt. I can't, he really, it's they're they, them. We're going with he, they are their pronouns okay. um, because confirmed. Uh, you're not going to know the gender until they're a little bigger because you can't really tell um, unless you have a molt. And it's going to be a while before their molts are big enough to even and tell what they are. Um, but we're calling him PBR, like Paps Blue Ribbon, because um, he's blue and red. <laughs> And he's an adult. Uh, and we've given him the middle name Kerchow, like Lightning McQueen, because the thing is that he is, he is a sling and he's the first sling that I have ever owned and he could not survive. Mm. I have been joking with Heather, though, that uh, he's going to outlive literally all of us because we've given him this dumb name that he's now going to have. <laughs> so he's going to be like <laughs> immortal. I am a little confused because where does the middle name fit in? Is it before the Paps or after the Blue? Uh, so it's Paps Blue Ribbon for Chow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then he after, has your last name? Yeah, of course. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make you regret giving him that name in about like 37 he, years. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna be like 85 in the nursing home, having to describe to people why this <laughs> fucking tarantula is named PBR. PBR, Black. Please come to the office. <laughs> 
But yeah, I'm doing my best with him. Uh, everything is a learning experience because they're both my first tarantulas. I did months of research ahead of time, but like, they still be doing weird spider stuff. I don't fucking yeah. know. Elvira's living her best life. She's reorganizing her little enclosure, doing her thing. I'm just here to give them crickets when they need me to. Elvira so. is so cute. Yes, she's very I'm glad that you were able to find a Brazilian black because the Mexican red knees are cool and all, but Elvira's cool. Yeah. Like, she's she's pretty rad. Um, The guy I bought her from basically said, uh, oh, this is your first tarantula. You would pick, like, a designer tarantula. Like, it's insane that you're picking. And Heather was making fun of me. She was like, actually, that's fairly on brand for you. Yeah, definitely. That you picked, like, a designer goth spider as your first (laughs) first tarantula. I mean, it really checks out. Yes, yes. I'm very happy with her. Um, you know, now we're learning to care for them and make sure they thrive, so. I really do hope that PBR makes it because I cannot wait to see that blue. They oh, look yeah, so cool. Yeah, they're pretty neat. They look heckin' rad. PBR is going to be the heckin' raddest. <laughs> He's going to praise Dale and raise Hale. So, Hell you know. yeah. Well, so this week, I had the honor of going on the podcast called Wait What by our friend uh, Damien of the podcast here that people have heard him in past episodes give a little tidbit for your birthday, and also his co-host, Courtney, and they are two of the funniest guys around, and it was such a blast. They brought me on to talk about the train derailment in East Palestine, and if you are looking for an update on that since our last episode on it, please head over there. You can find them anywhere. You can find our podcast, too. That's Wait What again, and um, we had a blast. We actually ended up doing two parts that are both like almost an hour, if not over an hour long, because we can all just talk forever. And I am hoping that um, here soon, in our next season, we will be able to interview both of them, probably separately, because I think they both deserve their own time and space, because they're such interesting people. And I just had such a good time. The episode came out on Saturday, and apparently it's been received really well, so that's always nice. Um, but yeah, I just had a blast. It was it was so much fun. And uh, I'm excited to see where we go Uh, in our friendship with this podcast because they're just like two really smart really funny dudes and i genuinely think that they have a lot to offer in the podcast space so i'm excited uh, to see where it goes a little bit about what's going on with us and the pod in the next little while uh because this is the last episode of season one we did it um a whole season we made it we got here. We have decided that we, I think we've talked about doing seasons before, but we wanted to do seasons because we want to make sure that we have all of the content for you guys to enjoy in a reasonable time and so that we can fucking enjoy living. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. But we're not going to be completely taking like a break, radio silence. The plan is to do um, horror movie like reviews slash us just kind of shooting the shit about horror movies at least once a month while we're on break as well. And then the plan will be to come back full throttle in April um, and then continue on with season two. The plan with the horror movie episodes is that we're going to do one per month and then we're going to keep doing them 
once we go back into our regular season, but we're not going to take away content because we want everyone to get the content that they love and that they're used to. Mm -hmm. So um, we're just going to kind of work them in and add an extra. And I think we've talked about them before, but Damien's going to join us on those because it's going to be fun and gay and exciting as as we love and enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Like a queer horror movie power hour once a month as bonus content, not taking away from any episodes, but as an, a little extra bonus. Mm-hmm. Which I'm very excited about because I know nothing about horror movies. So, yep, I'm very excited about too because now I can force everyone to watch the things that I like. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be interesting. It's definitely gonna be a journey for me. I'm pumped. Well, we wanted to end this season off with a bang. <laughs> so today I'll be covering spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> Literally. So uh, as always, we're going to include sources uh, with the episode. Most of this info came from Wikipedia, my bestie, my pal in crime. Um, and other sources are included. So first off, uh, the term spontaneous human combustion refers to a situation when a human body is found with significant portions of the middle parts of the body reduced to ashes, much less damage to the head and extremities, and minimal damage to the direct surroundings of the body. Typically, no observable source of ignition is found in the vicinity of the victim, and a bad-smelling oily substance is noted. Hmm. I didn't know that. The fire Mm. starts within the body, uh, so that's why there's, like, no damage to the direct surroundings, uh, because it starts within. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was wondering if maybe the oily substance might be, like, fat Mm -hmm. or other parts of the body basically disintegrating. I'm sure there's part of that, but not confirmed. Um, so some characteristics of spontaneous human combustion. Also, uh, from here on out, I'm probably (laughs) going to call it SHC. So that I don't have to keep saying spontaneous human combustion. (laughs) So if you hear me say SHC, that's what I'm referring to. Um, The topic received coverage in the British Medical Journal in 1938. An article by L.A. Perry cited a 1823 published book, Medical Jurisprudence, which stated the commonalities between recorded cases of SHC included the following characteristics. The victims are chronic alcoholics. So alcoholism is a common theme in early SHC literary references, in part because some Victorian-era physicians and writers believed SHC was the result of alcoholism. That's interesting. Which is interesting. Is that today? Huh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll get into it a little later um, with a documentary that I watched, but... My brain's like, well, wouldn't you have more, like, alcohol in your body if you got, like, real it's fucking drunk? It's definitely interesting, because so I'm trying to think to of how that relates back to, like, I mean, the greasy know, substance. Of, like, what... Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine yeah, if definitely. they're on fire... But is it, like, how alcohol burns fat, and that's burning, why it's right? hard not that to... That might not be, like, an extra. ...pin it on one another. That's kind of interesting. Great question. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, So number two, the victims are usually elderly females. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Interesting. Three, the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. Um, I'll get into some of the bigger cases later, but basically the theory there is like someone sat too close to a fireplace, someone uh, was like smoking a cigarette and fell asleep, stuff like that, that it's Mm -hmm. not actually spontaneous, but there is an outside source and a person caught on fire and then burnt from there. That's interesting. Um, the hands and feet usually fall off. Oh. Okay. Good to know. I'm like, that is... Okay. It's just gnarly. Yeah. Um, the fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. So that's literally like, they died in an armchair, and the armchair is fairly intact and or there's like a table and a lamp next to it and the table and the lamp are fully intact that is wild yeah i mean the idea of like it's so hot that it turns a body to ash so it's like it's not flame it's just like you're cooking yeah and i'll talk a little bit more about the theory about why that happens which is like against shc Hmm. um but yeah Interesting. Um, The combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes, very offensive in odor. Hmm. And I have a note here that's like, a human body is basically melting. I imagine it wouldn't smell good. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, I don't... That seems fairly Not something that... Not a candle I'm trying to buy. No. I don't want an SHC candle, certainly. Um, so, an extensive two-year research project involving 30 historical cases of alleged SHC was conducted in 1984 by science investigator Joe Nickel and forensic analysis John F. Fisher. Nickel and Fisher's investigation, which looked at cases in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, showed that the burned bodies were close to plausible sources for the ignition. Candles, lamps, fireplaces, and so on. Such sources were often omitted from published accounts of these incidents, presumably to deepen the aura of mystery surrounding and apparent, surrounding an apparently, quote, spontaneous death. Hmm. The investigations also found that there was a correlation between alleged SHC deaths and the victim's intoxication or other forms of incapacitation, which would con conceivably have caused them to be careless and unable to respond properly to an accident which that made a lot of sense to me because it's like if you're drunk as fuck Mm -hmm. and you're like not able to move and you are burst into flames or like you're near a source that's like gonna cause problems do you have the wherewithal to make the decision to get out of the way reactions like a dead cat yes exactly Where the destruction of the body was not particularly extensive, a primary source of combustible fuel could plausibly have been the victim's clothing or a covering such as a blanket or comforter. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically, like, it caught on, like, someone's wearing, like, a polyester nightgown Mm -hmm. that's going to, like, explode into flames, basically. However, where the destruction was extensive, additional fuel sources were involved, such as chair stuffing, floor coverings, the flooring itself, and the like. Which I don't think about, like, if you were going to catch fire, the worst place to catch fire is probably your couch. Mm Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, definitely. 
Because you just have a giant flammable object underneath you? Yeah. There's not many worse places to catch right. on fire. Yeah. Um, the investigators described how such materials help to retain melted fat, which caused more of the body to be burned and destroyed, mm. yielding still more liquefied fat in a cyclic process known as the wick effect or the candle effect. Right, so I want to go into the wick effect a little bit because that's what I was talking about earlier about why they think like they're there the person is burning but things around them aren't burning mm -hmm. the wick effect is is kind of part of that so the wick effect theory says a person is kept aflame through their own fats after being ignited accidentally or otherwise the clothed human body acts like an inside out candle with the fuel source human fat inside the wick the clothing of the victim outside Hence, there's a continuous supply of fuel in the form of melting fat seeping into the victim's clothing. Fat contains a large amount of energy due to the presence of long hydrocarbon chains. And I was like, that is insane. That's nasty. Yeah. I Weak hate effect. it. Sorry. Thanks, I hate it. I don't know what you expected. Double it and give it to the next person. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. According to Nickel and Fisher's investigation, nearby objects often remained undamaged because fire tends to burn upward, but burns laterally with some difficulty. The fires in question are relatively small, achieving considerable destruction by the wick effect. The relatively nearby objects may not be close enough to catch fire themselves, much as one can closely approach a modest campfire without burning. So basically, like, they burn in like a candle, takes a lot of effort for it to burn outward so yeah. anything in that media area is caught on fire but the stuff around it is not hmm interesting yeah. makes sense so let's go into some suggested explanations for shc i'm gonna start with the natural explanations so almost all postulated cases of shc involve people with low mobility due to advanced age or obesity along with poor health Victims show a high likelihood of having died in their sleep or of having been unable to move once they had caught fire. Which makes sense. Yeah. Unfortunately. I still imagine it's extremely painful. Oh, yeah. I think there's probably a point, though, where, like, your brain can't comprehend the amount of pain you're in and then it's, like, not as bad. Isn't that a thing? You can only feel so much pain, like, your brain doesn't know how to... Yeah, I mean, at some point it. you have to go into shock or whatever, but... Yeah there for a little bit it's gonna suck it's not gonna be great i would not with death by fire is definitely not no it sounds terrible yeah no thank you um smoking is often seen as the source of fire so natural causes such as heart attacks may lead to the victim dying subsequently dropping the cigarette which mm -hmm. after a period of smoldering can ignite the victim's clothes which also makes sense and that's why you vape kids <laughs> I don't know that we should be telling people to vape either. I mean, listen. I mean, I guess they can explode too, so never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say, haven't there been cases of them, like, exploding in people's yeah, mouths definitely. and shit? Yeah. Uh, if you want to do those things, just do them at your own risk. We're not responsible for what happens to you. Yeah, 100%. Yep. That's um, your deal. That's yep. between you and your gods. <laughs> not us and our gods. <laughs> um, the wick effect is on the list as well, which makes sense. Yeah, of course. Ryan J. Ford has suggested that ketosis, possibly caused by alcoholism or low-carb dieting, produces acetone, which is highly flammable and could therefore lead to apparently spontaneous combustion. 
See, that makes sense. Like, as someone who, like, tried the keto diet, like, that's a huge thing your body produces, like, a bunch of acetone. Yeah, so uh, to go into ketosis for people who don't know what that is, because I didn't, um, it's a metabolic state characterized by elevated levels of ketone bodies in the blood or urine. Um, Basically, your body, you stop, you eat so little carbs that your body switches over from burning carbs for energy to burning fat for energy. Yep. So basically, they're, you're burning fat at such a high rate that it's causing acetone to be the byproduct of that burned fat, which yep. is also flammable. So your body's burning flat, fat, making something flammable, and then you're falling asleep smoking a cigarette and then now you're like double flammable yep and that's why i always eat carbs you know and i i've always said that and i'm standing by that my whole life we support carbs on this podcast 100 (laughs) percent. i never would do the keto diet and now that i know about this i'm definitely never doing the keto i mean it was fine like my spouse lost like so much weight during it like I don't know I don't necessarily stand by it now because like sometimes you just need like a good everything bagel you know fucking love bagels um inhaling slash digesting phosphorus in different forms can cause the forming of phosphine which can auto ignite so phosphine uh is also what happened with the trail the train derailment Ooh. phosphine gas so, this you know, was not on purpose, but here Definitely we are. flammable. Um, also, I have the auto-ignition temperature or kindling point of a substance is the lowest temperature in which it spontaneously ignites in a normal atmosphere without an external source of ignition, such as a flame or a spark, if you did not know what that is. So, what's the temperature that people be getting up to here? Uh, so, in most cases, they were saying that it has to be, like, 3,000 degrees or something Ouch. for the body to, like, burn like that. I do go into a very fun documentary um, here after my alternative theories list uh, that did some testing about, um, like, how hot something burns when it's, like, ignited by a certain source and if that's mm-hmm. actually enough to burn into a body. But, yeah, I think 3,000 degrees is what I saw for someone to, like... So, like, a nice pizza oven. Yeah, you know. Tight. Or a crematorium, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't, aren't crematoriums, like, 6,000 or something? That's a great question. I don't actually know. Because, like, bones. Bones do be needing to be turned into ash when you're <laughs> creaming someone. <laughs> okay. So, let's go into some alternative theories. Larry E. Arnold, in his 1995 book, A Blaze, exclamation point, proposed a pseudoscientific new subatomic particle, which he called pyroton. Pyroton. He further proposed that extreme stress could be the trigger that starts many combustions. I'm like, bro, if that was the case, your girl would be a ball of flame at least once a week. I mean, that would explain, like, a lot of my medical shit right now. It's just like, honestly, you've been burning inside for a long time. Also, it's like Hades in Hercules, where he gets like yes. really stressed out and his really hair turns to flame. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, this process may use no external oxygen to spread throughout the body, since it may not be an oxidation-reduction reaction. However, no reaction mechanism has been proposed. Basically, people are like, I don't know, that one seems fake. Which, like, go off, Larry E. Arnold. Pyroton sounds pretty Pyroton. fucking cool. 
Yeah, that is. I mean, it's like it's like when you set your uh, your peloton on fire. It's a pyroton. It's a pyroton. One hundred percent. Um, in his nineteen seventy six book Fire from Heaven, UK writer <laughs> Michael Harrison suggests that. SHC is connected to poltergeist activity because he argues, quote, the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being, end quote. Oh, hell yeah. So basically, like, the poltergeist is using your energy to manifest, and in doing so, you spontaneously combust. I mean, it seems, uh, it seems like that's a, a karmic balance. You know, you get yeah. a little ghosty, you get a little a little burnt up. Uh, I don't know that I believe that one, but it is my favorite. Yeah, I don't, I would say, I think that poltergeist exists without burning people up, so it seems like a very specific poltergeist. I also feel like there's more poltergeists out there, so wouldn't SHC be more common? That's if what that I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of the demons, one of the demons does it that way. That's what I'm saying. It would have to be a very specific poltergeist. Yeah, that's like the, his thing. Yeah. Her or she. I don't know. Her, or they. They. You know, it's it's their know. brand. It is their brand. Um, John Abrahamson suggested that ball lightning could account for spontaneous human combustion. Um, quote, this is circumstantial only, but the charring of human limbs seen in a number of ball lightning cases are very suggestive that this mechanism may also have occurred where people have had limbs combustion, end quote. So I want to go into what ball lightning is. So first off, I put a picture in our Discord, Serafina, if you want to look at it. It's basically a bunch of old-timey dudes looking at a giant ball of light. Um, it's pretty fun, um, but that's supposed to be an illustration of what ball lightning is. We'll definitely put that one on the Instagram because it's pretty rad. Um, I think so that I looked at it last night. And there, it just looks like, like a bunch what is of happening? yeah, it was like a bunch of gentlemen just yes. looking at some lightning. Yep, accurate. Um, so ball lightning is a rare and unexplained phenomenon described as luminescent spherical objects that vary from pea-sized to several meters in diameter. Hmm. Though usually associated with thunderstorms, the observed phenomenon is reported to last considerably longer than the split-second flash of a lightning bolt. Interesting. And is a phenomenon that's distinct from St. Elmo's fire. So I also didn't know what St. Elmo's fire was. I had heard about it, so I'm going to go into that too since I mentioned it. Um, but it is different than ball lightning. Um, so St. Elmo's fire, also called fire or witch's fire, is a weather phenomenon in which luminous plasma is created by a corona discharge from a rod-like object such as mast, okay. spire, chimney, or animal horn in an atmospheric electrical field. It has also been observed on the leading edges of airplanes. Um, the intensity of the effect, a blue or violet glow around the object, often accompanied by a hissing or buzzing sound, is proportional to the strength of the electric field and therefore noticeable primarily during thunderstorms no, but or I volcanic want to see eruptions. It. Like it'd be interesting to see I that. I did not person. know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Now I gotta be scared of ball lightning too, like what? <laughs> um, so those are all of the explanations that were immediately available so i did find this documentary okay. 
It is called Inside Spontaneous Human Combustion. And it is a documentary that is presented by oh, Bruce Dickinson. That was the last the, thing I expected you to say. The frontman of Iron Maiden. <laughs> that is... Don't worry. Uh, that is the last thing I expected to find. Because <laughs> I'm like, let's watch a fun YouTube video just to get a little oh, bit more yeah. info. And then I found that and I was like, yeah, this is absolutely the one that I need to be watching. Um, and oh, what's funny really? is on the Iron That's Maiden so website, they have like a whole article dedicated to this, which is... Yes. It'll be linked in the in the show notes because... Uh, what a, what a fucking time. So, um, in the documentary, Bruce yeah. hypothesizes that maybe static electricity could cause something to ignite if it was strong enough, which I bet honestly tracks. So, Bruce goes to <sighs> Cardiff University where they use an impulse generator to shock a very fuzzy yeah. sweater with half a million All bolts right. of electricity. And, of course, it did catch on fire because you're shocking it with half a million bolts. Um... They then show this video of a woman putting gas mm -hmm. in her car, and basically she puts the the gas thing in the car, and then she gets in the car, and like gets on her phone or something, and then gets out of her car, mm -hmm. and then when she touches the gas pump, static electricity yeah. causes the fumes to ignite, and the whole side of her car and the yeah. gas pump catches it's on so fire. Serious. And I was like, so that's why they tell you not to get in no. your car. It's kind of dangerous. It really is. Like, people kind of that, joke about it. I'm like, why I'm, like, oh, really excited no. for just, when, like, electric no. cars are, like, perfected. No. Because, like, not it, yes. going to a gas station would be great because, I don't there's just something about them. Yeah. Yes. It's really freaky. It's scary. Yeah. Um, so then Bruce puts on, like, a whole polyester suit and, like, sweatbands and, like, starts walking around on, Full like, carpet on, let's and get shit physical. to try to, like, get a bunch of... And he's, like, rubbing himself to, like, generate yeah. as much static electricity as he can. Literally, he's, like, he's doing it. Um, so he, um, then tried to, like, hmm. static shock something to see if it would catch on fire and it didn't work. But he did on fire because the hairspray is like an igniter which which that tracks that makes sense to me oh that's interesting yep um They're so right. then they also talk about the ball lightning theory and they were talking yeah, about a story sense. where ball lightning came down through someone's chimney fuck that bro yeah it literally it was like a whole story about a family where a ball of lightning comes what? down the chimney shoots out the chimney and like catches the dad and like his kids on fire that <laughs> Now that's poltergeist activity. That's Krampus, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, another theory Bruce covers that's is methane produced by farting slash bloating because of what someone ate, which we kind of covered in um, earlier bullets. But he met with a nutrition expert who like walked him through foods that produce like the extra, extra gas. And I was laughing through this whole segment because she was like, "I didn't expect to be talking to someone about this because of SHC." <laughs> Like, cause she's like a nutritionist. She's like, she's not built to like talk about it, catch you people on fire. It was very <laughs> funny. She was like, right. Fucking Bruce shows up. She just trying like, to go to work, and then this man menu. is like, so, yeah, so that what I, can I people what eat to fart a lot? So to the theory die. there basically is that a lot of foods cause someone to have a more phosphorus fart, as we talked about, that could then ignite when it hit the air. 
So they do like a sure. I know, right? They do like a whole experiment where they take like a doll, like a big rubber That's a while. kind of sex doll looking <laughs> and they basically make her have a phosphorus bar and she immediately gets it. And the whole scene is very funny because they're like, well, we have to put it out now because this rubber doll is burning and, like, releasing carcinogens into the air. And Bruce is, like, hitting it with a shovel. He's like, I saw this in a zombie movie. Oh, no, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. I swear, you guys, if you get a chance to watch this, please fucking watch it. What platform did you watch this on? I just found it on YouTube. Oh, perfect. It's 45 minutes. Hell, yeah. It's so worth it. Um, so then, they catch a dead pig on fire after basically pickling it in alcohol and, like, dumping a bunch of alcohol on Mm. it. And when they do catch it on fire, they note that it didn't burn hot enough to actually burn the pig, which means that it wouldn't have burned hot enough to burn a human. Interesting. Yeah. So alcoholism isn't a factor? I guess the pig wasn't drunk enough. Hmm, (laughs) That's interesting. The pig was not drunk enough. Hmm. Also, the entire time he's calling the pig Pinky, which really, uh, you know, really set the scene. Yeah, definitely. Set the tone. Um, They also test the wick effect on another dead pig. So they basically take a dead pig and they made like a whole bedroom out of like a storage container and they dress the pig in clothes. Okay. And then they like test it by catching it on fire. Okay. And the pig's fat actually seeped into the floor. And then the entire room caught on fire mm. and, like, burned really hot and, like, they had to put it out sooner rather than later because you know, only the pig was supposed to catch on fire, but literally everything is, like, engulfed in flames now. Interesting. And they had a thermal camera in there, um, like, with the pig. Mm-hmm. And they play a bunch of dramatic music because they the thermal camera does not make it out of this, like, scenario alive. No, so they no. play, like, a bunch of sad drama music about the camera dying. It was so good. <laughs> It was high-quality content. Sounds wonderful. So, it really was. It really was. Um, The documentary also went over a couple of weird cases that could have been SHC or or other things. So, in 1985, 17-year-old student Jacqueline Fitzsimon from Cheshire was walking arm-in-arm with some friends downstairs at her college when suddenly, for no apparent reason, she burst into flames. A passerby said she was like a stuntman on TV, the flames simply engulfed her. Weird. And that's where the hairspray thing comes into play, because they were saying that she had, like, just put on hairspray beforehand, so maybe something, like... There you go. ...happened with that. Um, Barry Sudane's massively burnt body was found in December 1987 in the kitchen of his Folkestone home. There was no sign of an obvious fuel source to explain the scene, and despite the body suffering a catastrophic fire, the kitchen he was lying in remained unscathed. The inquest returned an open verdict. So, in the documentary, they actually show, like, pictures of the, the scene, and, like, it is a dead body, so trigger warning, but uh, it's, like, all ash. It's, right. it's not like a... It's not like a murder crime scene. It's a little different, but, yeah. you know, trigger warning anyway. They showed a picture of the scene, and there was, like, a a dustpan, like, next to him that was perfectly intact. That's so odd. Yeah. So, is spontaneous human combustion a, like, known cause of death that's acceptable? Uh, I think in some places it's more acceptable than others. Mm. 
Um, I think that... I think because it's one of those things where people don't actually know if it's real mm-hmm. or not, it's hard for it to be, like, an actual reason. So I would assume, and I don't... Don't quote me, but they have a lot of, like, undetermined... Yeah, sure. ...deaths when they can't figure out, like, the source of the flame. That is... Interesting. Is there anywhere that has said how many cases of this there's been? Only, um... So I think Bruce mentioned that there are around a hundred cases. Oh, rare. And then the most recent one I found was in 2010. 2010? Which is interesting. Because I tried to find some modern ones. Because a lot of these are from, like, the 50s, Mm -hmm. 60s. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? I think a lot about um, how our generation is supposed to be, like, the most sober generation mm-hmm. ever. Like, we don't we don't partake in a lot of inebriants. Like, we do, but not like they used to. So it's interesting to me that, like, since 2010, there haven't been any in the consideration that we're less, we're more sober. Yeah. So, like, there's less alcohols, alcohols, oh my god, there's less alcohol in, like, most of our bodies than there used to be, but also, there's, like, way less pills. So, like, a lot of these, like, elderly housewives were, like, women who drank a lot and were given, like, a bunch of speed, basically, you know, that's how they, like, took care of, like, nine children and, like, kept a house clean and, like, kept a ham on the tables Mm -hmm. because they were all doing, like, heavy cocaine. Mm-hmm. Basically, and also drinking like martinis for fun. So it's kind of interesting that like we don't have that anymore. Doctors don't want to prescribe that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> um, and now we have less spontaneous combustion. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting correlation. Um, the last one that they covered in the documentary was um. Robert Francis Bailey, who was a homeless man that was found in a derelict building in Lamberth, London, in September 1967. Um, he was found by fire officer Jack Stacy. Um, and when Jack described the scene, he said he, as in Robert Francis Bailey, had a four or five inch slit in his stomach where it had opened up and flames were coming out from the slit in his stomach just like a blowtorch. Whoa. Yeah. That is weird. And uh, the building was derelict, so there were no, like, gas supplies mm-hmm. nearby, which leave just one other possible source of the gas leak and the fire's fuel, mm-hmm. which was Bailey's body. That Isn't is that insane? Wild. See, and that, ma- that leads me to acetone and ketone. Yeah. Right back to it. Yeah. That is weird. I couldn't imagine walking up on a body like that. No. Without thinking, like, the world was ending. Yeah. Like, this is the new The Last of Us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that one with the slit thing really, like... As someone who bakes a lot of bread, mm-hmm. once things, like, bloat up and, like, become an issue, they will naturally break. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking acetone plus whatever flame, it boiled enough or it, it got to be hot enough that you just burst open, basically. Yeah. Or it was a mob hit, and someone, like, sliced him down the stomach and, like, poured gasoline in there, thinking. I figured, well, they would find gasoline, though. 
like as a source or acetone maybe that's yeah. maybe that's like the new like did you ever play the game when you were like younger like even now like if you could get away with a crime like an unsolvable crime what would you do <laughs> i guess maybe now the answer is slice somebody in the tum and pour a <laughs> bottle of acetone right <laughs> i don't yeah i guess it naturally occur- occurs in the body yeah i've never thought of that i'm just saying maybe it was a hit uh, there's no proof that it wasn't. That's so. what I'm saying. I mean, until you can tell me it wasn't. So that's basically the whole documentary. Um, it's worth watching, honestly. Yeah, it's it a journey. wonderful. It was a good time. Um, but I do want to go into some other notable examples and cases, because okay. um, some of them are very interesting. So, uh, I mean, trigger warning, we talk about more death in here. I feel like every time I do an episode, it's just the entire episode is a trigger warning. Yeah, so. basically. That's kind of the... The, the vibe. The bit. Yeah. Um, so on July 2nd, 1951, Mary Reeser, a 67-year-old woman, was found burned to death in her house after her landlady realized that the house's doorknob was unusually warm. The landlady notified the police, and upon entering the home, they found Reeser's remains completely burned into ash with only one leg remaining. Oh. Uh, the chair she was sitting in was also destroyed... Reeser took sleeping pills and was also a smoker, so the That'll theory there is like, yeah. Give her a Despite- leg up. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Um, Despite its uh, proliferation in popular culture, the contemporary FBI investigation ruled out the possibility of SHC. So the common theory was that she was smoking a cigarette after taking her pills and fell asleep while still holding the burning cigarette, which could have ignited her nightgown and then ultimately led to her death. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll that'll do it to them. That's Um, why they change cigarettes, too. What do you mean? They change cigarettes to be more fire safe. So basically now if your cigarette touches anything, it'll like not have enough oxygen to like continue to burn. Or also Ooh. if it sits by itself without you taking a drag of it within I think less than two minutes, it'll just put itself out completely. That is actually really smart. I didn't know that. Yeah, they've changed them. They've changed them around. Good for them. Um, her daughter-in-law stated, quote, the cigarette dropped to her lap. Her fat was the fuel that kept her burning. The floor was cement, and the chair was by itself. There was nothing around her to burn, yeah. end quote. Yep. Um, there is a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode on this particular case that's really good. Um, BuzzFeed is, like, shady. Not yeah. to, like, come out at BuzzFeed, but I'm gonna at least say that. It's a good episode. I love Shane and Ryan. Shane and yeah. Ryan do their own content the now. Watcher. So... I would much rather you guys go watch, like, actual Shane and Ryan instead of go watch it, like, but the episode is decent. Yeah, I I do love Shane and Ryan, but you can find them on the Watcher channel, Yeah, and you'd be much better off spending your time there. Yep. Agreed. Um, Margaret Hogan, an 89-year-old widow who lived alone in a house on Prussia Street in Dublin, Ireland, was found burned almost to the point of complete destruction on March 28, 1970. Plastic flowers on a table in the center of the room had been reduced to liquid, and mm-hmm. a television with a melted screen sat 12 feet from the armchair in which the ashen remains were found. Otherwise, the surroundings were almost untouched. That's weird. Yeah. That's her, odd. Yeah. 
Are, like, those two things, like, what the fuck? That's weird. Um, her two feet and both legs from below the knees were undamaged. I hate this. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Awful. A small coal fire had been burning in the grate when a neighbor left the house the previous day. However, no connection between this fire and that in which Mrs. Hogan died could be found. An inquest held on April 3rd, 1970 recorded death by burning with the cause of the fire listed as unknown. Okay. I mean, what, like, if they can't do a SHC because it's not, like, I, that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, I imagine that happens a lot in these cases when they can't find the fuel. Yeah. Henry Thomas, a 73-year-old man, was found burned to death in the living room of his council house on the Rassau State in Ebu, Eb, E-B-B-W, Vale, South Wales, in 1980. His entire body was incinerated, leaving only his skull and a portion of each leg below the knee. The feet and legs were still clothed in socks and trousers. I guess your feet just don't have a lot of fat, huh? You know, that's a good point. Yeah. Unless you got, like, real chonky calves. I feel like my calves would, like, ignite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some cankles there. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Sometimes it'd be like that. That's interesting. Um, Half the chair in which he had been sitting in was also destroyed. Police forensic officers decided that the incineration of Thomas was due to the wick effect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. That's His so skull, weird. though? Yeah, that is odd. I mean, I guess your brain's not really that fatty either. I don't know anything about what the brain is made of. Some weird, pinky, wrinkly material. Yeah, basically. Stardust, electricity, and some ground beef. A little bit of hope, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Well, if you're lucky, <laughs> some of us not so much. In December 2010, the death of Michael Ferretti, a 76-year-old man in County Galway, Ireland, was recorded as SHC by the coroner. There was an open fire in the fireplace next to him, but the fire seemed to have been contained, and in addition to Ferretti, the scorched areas included the floor directly below him and the ceiling above him, which makes sense because we know fire burns upward. Right. Forensics showed that the fire in the fireplace was not the same as the kind that burned Ferretti, and no accelerant had been used. No foul play was expected. So I was really curious about that. Like, how could you tell the differences between, like, the fire in the fireplace versus the fire that burned him? So I did look into that a little bit, because that was fascinating to me. I guess engineers and scientists follow the burn pattern and chemical signatures, and that helps them identify the origin of the fire. I would also assume it burns way hotter. I would agree with that, yeah. Your average fire doesn't burn at 3,000 degrees. But my, I think what made me question it was, like, but if there was, like, a spark from the fireplace and it caught on fire because of, like, something he was wearing, Mm -hmm. would you really be able to tell the difference? Mm, I agree with you. But I guess there's sciencey science stuff that I don't understand, (laughs) so. Well, we'll leave it up to the professionals, I guess, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, The doctor, Sierra McLuhan? made this statement at the inquiry into the death quote this fire was thoroughly investigated and i'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion for which there is no adequate explanation end quote fair enough i do feel like maybe i'm wrong in this but anytime there's a fire in the room and someone catches fire it does kind of seem like maybe it's not that unexplainable 
Yeah, like there's some sort of unexplainable. Like, is like n- we had security footage. No one went in or out of the house at all. They were in a complete concrete room, naked. Yes. Yeah. And they had no fire. The the heat wasn't even on. It was yeah. like a nice sixty five degree day. Yeah. Like AC not on, nothing. They're just straight chilling there, and like then God decided to put a poltergeist in them. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking that's why of poltergeist. Yeah. There is. Um, I might keep this in the podcast. Um, so we're on. We're video chatting each other right now. And, like, in your bathroom, dude, like, it genuinely looks like there's a silhouette of a person, like, peeking out of your shower. Oh, um, there are clothes hanging up in there. Okay, cool, because I took a screenshot of it just because I was like, if that thing moves, I'm going to lose my absolute mind. (laughs) No, my house is so chill. There's nothing weird in here. What do you mean? I know, but, like, from my perspective, dog, that straight looks like just, like, a man's silhouette peeking out of the shower. Because I've been, like, low-key freaking out about it for, like, five minutes where I'm like... What is looking at me? What's also funny about this, Oddlings, is that I do actually have, like, a door cover mm-hmm. also behind me of Ghostface ready to stab me. And we're not concerned about that because no. that's on brand. But Well, to be <laughs> fair, the first time we recorded when you put that up, I was like, that's, like, freaky, dog. Like, because my... <laughs> the thing that's funny about it is that my camera is in the corner where his face is. So it looks <laughs> like I'm getting ready to stab you. <laughs> At all times. It's pretty you funny. Know, maybe you are. Well, you know. Keep telling me about all these fucking people dying all the time. I might have to get a well, little stabby. Want to do a podcast well, about this, you know. <laughs> the podcast that spawned podcasts about murder. Pods on pods. Um, that's spontaneous human combustion. That is wild. So, like, did this used to happen back in, like, ye old times? Um, every th- I did see one talk about, um, I don't think it was medieval, but in, like, medieval renaissance times where some, like, night or something pot on fire after, like, a night of drinking at the... Yeah, that'll do it. The tavern. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, if this were to happen in, like, Galileo's time, dog, they'd be, like, freaking out. Well, my other thing is, it... it they could probably get away with calling any murder back then SHC yeah. because, like, they don't have a forensic way to determine. You're right. Literally, some dude could just, like, fell in a campfire and they're like, oh man, he burst into flames. But then, like, what would they have done? Like, you can't, like, burn somebody's burnt body at the stake. <laughs> you know, like, that's not really an option. It can't be double witchcraft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's no double witchcraft going on there. It was just single witchcraft. There were, well, I guess at that point they would be like, well, they already burned, so we can't double burn them anyway, you know? But does that mean you're a witch? Right? Because everything was like a double negative. Like, if you sank and drowned. Oh, because you SHC'd, you're a, you're a witch. You're a witch. Yeah, exactly. I would assume yes, because uh, if it were old-timey, they would be like, that seems like magic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, or, imagine you live your whole life as, like, a good little Protestant, and at the end of your days, you just, like, fall asleep with a pipe, and they're like, ah, she's a witch. Alternatively, um, I I could also see them being like, oh, that person was cursed by a witch, Mm. and that's why they spontaneously combusted. You've been hexed, kid. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. But also, like, everyone back then was, like, just on fire all the time, because they all just had, like, giant fireplaces in their home, and they all wore way too many clothes. And they just stuck their entire bodies in the fireplace. Yeah. Like, they were bold. Yeah. Bold with it, for sure. They were. 
the things you have to do to survive, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely interesting. I hated this, but yeah, honestly, it wasn't that bad. I I hate the idea of it, like the yeah. anxiety of like. I mean, I guess the answer is like just like stop smoking uh, cigarettes. Whilst have it, maybe it's go on an extreme diet, have no fat in your body at all. No, I think that also kills you. You have to have Hear like me some. Out. Dare, dare is the uh, dare. As in dare. Drugs are really exciting. Uh, yes, that's it. What did dare stand for? Oh God, was it like drugs? Is it don't? Hold on. Don't accept. Drug abuse resistance education. Mm, drugs are really exciting. Drugs are really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think? Why do you think that's the answer? Oh, because they're always like, "Don't do drugs. Don't mm, smoke. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't drink. Yeah. yeah. Don't get really drunk and then smoke a cigarette. Don't wear a polyester nightgown. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's really the beat right there. <laughs> For sure. What's really funny is that the amount of people I know who don't smoke in real life, but then get really drunk and they're like, ah, I need a cigarette. Like, oh, every I'm, time. I'm exactly that way. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I have the few times that I have smoked cigarettes, which is not very common because I have trauma, um, <laughs> has been because I got really drunk. Yeah. But like, did you yeah. know in that moment your life has never been in more danger? <laughs> Here's the thing, I didn't care. Yeah, we know that about you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's wild. Well, thanks for the education, because I have definitely seen, like, a bunch of TV shows, you know, like, the medical dramas or whatever, where they, like, or, like, Bones. Like, I'm pretty sure in Bones, they did, yeah. like, a bunch of spontaneous combustion, and I, I was always, like, what? I think, like, like every, every uh, like, medical and or, like, true crime type show yeah. had some sort of SHC. Which is interesting. Thing. Yeah considering like it's kind of like lame in a way like it's not like this like it's like a cop out it's like they don't have to figure anything out they're like oh he just exploded he just exploded dog (laughs) but then like even the real answer is like oh like gram gram got drunk and like took her sleeping pills and then smoked a cigarette and then like now we only have her feet to remember her by like yeah it's not wonderful it's not it's not like i don't know i like the ball lightning idea of like you've been smited Basically, you have, you have been smoked. You have been smoted. Um, also, I love the idea that there was a family. I hope they made it, or else this joke is really in bad taste. But when you said that the ball of lightning came out of their chimney at them, it gave me Harry Potter vibes. Like oh, no yeah, post like on the mail Sundays. And shit. Yeah. yeah, that makes that tracks. It'd be kind of like wild. They should have done that in a little special effect moment there. They should have. Oh goodness gracious! Well. It's interesting. I feel a little safer knowing that um, this hasn't happened since 2010, at least not in like a majorly documented way. So, yeah, that's good, I guess. I'm also wondering, thinking out loud, if we stopped seeing cases about this because we like progressed enough. Yeah, definitely. To like figure out where the sources came from, so there was less like, oh, this is just SHC. See, this makes me want to go and see like what used to be on medical records. Like, died from this. Because I definitely know, and, like, not to, like, get too crazy right out the gate, but, like, there's been a couple of times that, like, I've seen or heard through documents or whatever 
like people died of like masturbation and you're like how's that possible yeah, yeah. so it's like what yeah. else is out there that like maybe we progressed a little bit more and it's like oh it's actually know, this it's very specific anymore. moment yeah that's fair because that's interesting to think like what's what's been written on toe tags all this time that's like well <laughs> it actually wasn't that well just wait until we go into like when we start covering asylums and mm-hmm. like the reasons why people were put in asylums and shit yeah. that's some of it for damn sure it's dark it is dark it is dark well kids i guess this is it we will see you in april well well you'll hear us in april (laughs) (laughs) i'll see creepy silhouettes behind eerie but you'll hear us um but also look out for i guess between now and then we'll have two different episodes for horror movie marathons yeah um so very excited about that is there anything else you'd like to say, my dear? No, I think we've covered it. Try not to spontaneously human combust while we're on break. If you could, um, you know, keep that to yourself and yeah. stay odd, Arcadia. Stay odd. <laughs>